Ladies and gentlemen, from the depths of flyover country in the heartland of America, a Kansas City on the other side of the mighty Mo, welcome to Hitting the Bricks with Kathleen, a genealogy show that features your questions and her answers. I am John, your humble hubby host, and on this episode, we'll be talking to Karen Falls Trainer from Madison County, New York, not Wisconsin, New York. So let's hit the bricks. Now, John Karen Falls Trainer, who is our guest today, is the executive director of the Sullivan Free Library. Did I get that correct, Karen? Yes, you did. Karen, where are you located? I live in Oneida, New York, mm-hmm. um, but I work in Chittenango, New York, which is the birthplace of L. Frank Baum, the author of Wizard of Oz. So our oh, cool. Claim to fame is um, we have a yellow brick road that starts in front of the library where I work and goes all through the village. We have an annual Oz parade. I know, Kathleen, you mentioned that you're from Missouri. I'm actually from Kansas, from central Kansas, tornadoes country. (laughs) Well, the first time I went to Kansas for a conference, I couldn't understand why there was so much Oz paraphernalia, because we consider that we own Oz, and then I realized... The Kansas connection, and we don't own all of Oz. No, definitely not. Kansas <laughs> is the Wizard of Oz, Karen. <laughs> it and is he, the Wizard of Oz. Um, Kathleen, you and Karen spoke a little while before. What did you two come up with? Well, I'm going to let Karen kind of tell us what her problem is or her objective, and then we'll take it from there. We have hit a brick wall in our family research for my um, the roots of my paternal grandfather. My grandfather, his father, and his grandfather are well-documented, but we hit a brick wall at the great-grandfather, a man named Orlando Palmeter. We know he was born in New York State in Herkimer County around 1807, and he had three sons. He married a a woman named Margaret, who interestingly has two gravestones in two different counties. And that's about all we know about him, for sure. And the other interesting thing is we've done a lot of DNA testing in our family, but we have no DNA matches that trace back to this side of the family. So we wondered if there was a name change at some point or an adoption that we don't know about. But Otherwise, it appears that Orlando was just dropped out of the sky by aliens in around 1850. <laughs> Kathleen, okay, so it looks like you have your work cut out for you. Exactly. You it sounds like Orlando Palmeter is an alien, but I don't think so, Karen. Problem solved. <laughs> right, problem solved. What I want to ask you is a couple of questions and let's okay. go from there. One is how do you spell palmiter? We spell it P-A-L-M-I-T-E-R, but there are, are a lot of variations, of course, on census records and other family lines, palmiter with an R or yes. the most common is P-A-L-M-E-T-E-R, which shows up a lot in our family census records, but sometimes palmester, palmiter. As far as we're concerned, the correct way is P-A-L-M-I-T-E-R. Well, I hope you're not attached to that correct way, (laughs) because any word like this from the time frame you're working in and what we know about Orlando is, as you mentioned, he was born in 1807. We know that 
L's and R's are what we call liquids. Now, Karen, I am a romance linguistics studier. That's my master's is in. And so I could talk about the liquid of L and R forever, but basically they change spaces and change spots. Does not mean that happened this late in your family, but as you're going back to the 1700s, keep a watch on that. Okay. Also, do not be attached to the spelling. It probably is not going to be the French spelling because at that point, the French and the English were pretty much separate still. Where Pometier is the mm-hmm. way we pronounce it in the French, it would be a little different. But I'm going to stick with the spelling that you used, the Pometier with an I. Again, when I'm searching, I'm putting that question mark there, though. I never, mm-hmm. like I said, am committed to it. So have you seen any parents for Orlando at all? Yes. My sister and I have two different theories. One, my sister's theory, we have some very distant DNA matches to a family called Crum, who came from Stonington, Connecticut to Brookfield, New York, which is in the county where we are now. And there was a Pardon Palmeter, who was one of the early settlers, and he married a Fanny Crum, whose brother was Joseph, and that's where our very distant matches come to. But as I mentioned to you before, Pardon Palmeter is very well documented because he was a founding father of Brookfield, and there is no mention of Orlando ever in his papers, in his genealogies, and anything. My theory in searching through old censuses, there's an intro, and this is what I was looking at before I, why I almost missed our Zoom session. In the 1850 census, Orlando and his wife and children are living in Augusta County, New York. And with them is a Hannah Cooper, who's 73 years old. And I must first tell you, I tip my hat to you for finding that. Keep going. Well, I found that a while ago, but I've never found much with Hannah. And then today I was going back through everything. And Hannah Cooper also shows up in the New York State Census in 1855 in Herkimer County with an Amos. So Orlando named one of his sons Amos. So that's a good, to me, a good indication that he has a brother. Okay. Named Amos also. And I also found, and this never made sense, Back in Herkimer County in 1838, a land transfer of a Harriet in Orlando Palmeter to an Amos Palmeter. But it didn't make sense because the Amos I knew about wasn't even born then. But if he had a brother Amos, it would make sense. It would also mean he had another wife. Anyway, that's my theory. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, I love your theory. This is You're starting off on a great track. One is you did exactly what I wanted to hear you say, because as I was snooping around, I saw an old private tree of yours that has a father's name on there. Who is it that you think is Orlando's father? Stephen Palmeter, who was born in Connecticut, and so was Hannah. I just don't know why Hannah is Cooper at the end of her life. Perfect. I could do a lot of things with this. So let's just talk. First of all, Pardon Palmeter is just populated. I mean, it's everywhere. Um, I told John, I said, it's like they're propagating bad <laughs> trees. And that's exactly what has happened here. When you say that they're propagating bad trees, which sounds very serious and might be punishable in <laughs> one state. At least. What, 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 do you, what do you mean is that you've got bad trees? So people are copying other people's bad trees. 
Mm-hmm. People are convinced. Will will Karen be related to the crumbs? Probably. We're talking a certain era where there's a lot of intermarrying. So that, that part is not uncommon. She's going to be related to a lot of other people and cousins of those people. But what has happened is somebody said, Pardon is the father, and everybody has jumped on the fact that pardon's the father. So there must be about a hundred trees online that says Orlando's father is pardoned without any cited sources. And that's our problem. So we need cited sources. However, what Karen has done is is the right way of doing it. You do quick and dirty trees. You keep them private. I was able to see the word Stephen on her tree, but without me getting to it, I can't make any assumptions. I'm normally not going to add that to my ancestry tree. Why did you choose Stephen again? Um, Well, so Hannah Cooper led me to the older Amos Cooper, who died in Michigan and his death certificate lists his father as Stephen Palmer. Doesn't list his mother, which would have maybe clinched things. Says mother was unknown, at least in the one I looked at. But given that the census said that Hannah was Amos's mother and the death certificate says Stephen was his father, they must have been married at some point. I'm assuming Hannah maybe remarried later in life. And So you're taking all the fun away from me, Karen, here. <laughs> well, but I have answer- no verification. <laughs> well, Let's just say that you are doing it correctly. Okay. You saw the 1850 census that has Hannah Cooper, who is your key. And when we talked, you did not mention her. And I'm like, well, the woman's right here in the house. (laughs) And then I said, well, where is Hannah in 1855? Whenever we see a strange person at the right age to be a parent or a grandparent, and sometimes we're looking for other people, so it might be a child. But in this case, this is a whole another generation in Orlando's household. The next step you took was to look at the 1855. And in the 1855, that same Hannah Cooper with all the same statistics is in Amos's home. So the question is, who is Hannah Cooper? Except Amos says, it is my mother. Right. Now the question you should have is, if Hannah is Amos's mother and she was also living with Orlando, What is the relationship of Amos and Orlando? You continued by talking about Hannah Cooper, who was born in 1776. We find out a lot about her. And if you have done your research, you probably have found it too. With this huge link with Hannah and the relationship with Amos and Orlando, you want to do what we call cluster research. You no longer need to do one person. Looking for Orlando will take you to nowhere. What you're looking for is where's Hannah and why does she have a son with the last name Palmiter and her last name is Cooper? And you mentioned that already. So you have gotten exactly where we want you to be on that part. As you continue researching, and you already mentioned that that Orlando also had an Amos, naming after brothers is a common clue. Hardin gave us none of that. So you have three or four main clues. One, Hannah Cooper. Two, Amos, who appears to be a brother, but we're not sure yet. And the third one is your time frame. So your time frame is exciting. (laughs) The first thing I do, because I come from the love of military records first, 
is I want to know what about military records? Whoever the father is of Orlando and Amos should have served or be documented during the War of 1812, one of my most favorite of wars, <laughs> because most people forget about it. And the way I come up with that is, you know, the age of Orlando, 1807, you know, Amos is around 1811, subtract about 23 years from the oldest one. And that puts the father about the same age as Hannah. Right. So I'm going to tell you at this point that you do want to follow Orlando and you're looking for this parent who might be in 1812. Now, we're really looking for Stephen, but we can't get there yet. The fact that Hannah has a different last name tells me that she might have remarried. Mm -hmm which means Stephen could have died any time, even in the war. True. So we don't know. So the, I would put that on hold and now think about what happens in the War of 1812. One of the first things that happened is people started claiming land because veterans were given bounty land. So one of the questions would be, where was Orlando? Because we don't see him in that area in the 1830s and 1840s. And when you say they were claiming land, where uh, and what? So that that's an excellent question, John. And I'm thank you for bringing me back to the ding, land. Ding, ding. Yes. <laughs> so the land that was given for 1812 was as far as Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, all of these places, there was bounty land or people were getting this land going west. So I would say first start with the military awarded land grants. Okay. What is a good source for that? My blog. Okay. The A3 genealogy. <laughs> so the A3 genealogy blog has quite a bit on the war of 1812. I've also written an article for Ancestry on their archives.com talking about tracing your 1812 veteran. Wonderful. So between those, you will find quite a few resources. And thanks for that nice, smooth. <laughs> dovetail that plug in beautifully. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Perfect. But what you're looking for is in Orlando in 1830, about 20 to 30 years old. A lot of people like to ignore those tick mark census records. To me, it's like little pieces of gold sitting there waiting for me to take and make something out of it. And so as you're going through those, keep it wide, keep it open, keep it in New York for now. Okay. By tick mark, do you mean the censuses where they didn't list the names? They That's listed correct. the man and how many females he had and how many exactly. males and his family yeah. and cows yeah. and horses but <laughs> yes all yes, together exactly so one of the things about the tick marks and anything before 1850 they don't give us the household but one of the things that does give us is from generation to generation every 10 years the sons didn't normally move too far from their fathers Okay. So the way we find that is through tax records. They were taxed or there's tithing records. So first, the son is in my house and he's underage. So I pay all of the tithing as a man or as his father. But when he comes of age and he's off of my land or living right next door, as soon as that happens, he shows up. 
So don't worry about if you can't find Orlando in 1850. See if you can find him closer to the War of 1812 records, 1830 records. And I'm saying 1830 because that's a better time frame for them to claim the land of War of 1812. Now, land in New York would not have been given as bounty land then. It actually was, but earlier. So at okay. this point, I mean, mostly earlier. But in general, I would say look in Illinois and Indiana. So they oh, may have moved from Connecticut out west and then back to New York? That's a very good question. They may have never moved at all. Okay. They may have just claimed their land because now it's a source of money, then they can sell it. Okay. But they may have also traveled. So it's possible they moved for a couple of years, like you saw Amos out in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Was that Michigan he was? It was Michigan, and he died there. Yes. Possibly he claimed some land, uh, the father's land. Yes, but everywhere you think that a family male went to, you're looking for Orlando there. Okay. So I would look for Orlando in Michigan. I would look for Orlando in other places, however, also. Okay. And in the 1830 census, I'm pretty sure you'll find him because he's 23 years old or so. So he's not going to be living no, probably with his parents. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's pretty old back then. And he wants his own land. So he, and he don't want his own wife. And so he's setting it up so that he can have it. So what I have actually done just now is given her a research plan. I, I know that all good genealogists have a research plan. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that is absolutely true. I'm going to give you a couple other resources. I mentioned the A3 genealogy blog and archives.com, which is the ancestry that I have actually articles on. And you don't have to be a member, I don't believe. I think you could just Google Kathleen Brandt, War of 1812archives.com, and the article will come up, I think. This has been a shameless plug brought to you by (laughs) Kathleen Brandt. I'll do it a couple more times. But anyway... (laughs) The question is, who is Hannah Cooper? You want to look at the town histories of everyone that you go to. Mm -hmm. Because we're talking the 1812 era, these new people going west or finding land or acquiring new land, they were settling in new towns. And these towns will all have small histories who the early settlers were. That this is because it's in the tithing or or in the tax records or it's in early census or they're being surveyed. So town histories is a big one. You're also going to find in early records like your Palmetter family, personal cemeteries. I want you to really Google and play in every place these records are taking you. In New York, in all the little small towns on the Canadian line, up and down the river, because remember we started New York on closer to the water and then moved inward. All of these little towns, you're looking for the Palmetter cemeteries of those towns. Okay. So the next one I want to make sure you remember Remember, Karen, is the New York State Historical Newspapers. That is online with the New York State Historical Newspapers.org. You're probably familiar with those yes. or you have. Okay, great. That's where I was 
when I almost missed this session, believe it or not. <laughs> so basically what I'm telling you is that you can solve this problem. Thank you. That's and good news. Yes. And the key is to find out the relationship, confirm that relationship between Amos and Orlando. And we already know Hannah is our connection. It sounds like Karen has really good instincts on this. She does. Stick with your gut. Thank you. And I really want to do a follow-up with Karen, John, because mm -hmm. I'm going to do the same work as Karen's doing on this one. Oh, somebody's excited. <laughs> but I want you to make sure what you have is proof of kinship. And so in order to do that, you're going to have to work in that cluster research where you're pulling the family that you know are the palmitures related to Orlando. And you're going to do that through proximity, through land records, through any kind of deeds and wills. And let me tell you, these early ones are not online for New York. You can't just go to New York wills and deeds and push some of these in. So what you have to do is contact the county records. The Madison County historian is wonderful. I know him through the library. So I'll be reaching out to him. And have fun with it because this is a fun project because it's War of 1812, my favorite, but it is a fun project. Well, thank you. It's very helpful to know you think I'm in the right direction. The clincher was why I went back and looked at this since we spoke last week. And I had had Hannah Cooper once under living with Orlando. I didn't right. notice the one with Amos until this past week. And he said it was his mother. And that was what pulled it together a little more. But. I should have told you to stop researching so I could drop that bomb I know. You. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Because the truth is, my entire goal is for you all to do your own research. And so the fact that you came on with this makes my heart <laughs> jump with joy. Let's stop thinking that everyone else has the answer. Let me find the right answer. So one last tip. If a veteran died early let's say closer to the war, 1812, 1820, the widow will put a claim in for the pension. Is Fold 3 a good source for, it's probably not for a war of 1812. It's not the best of sources. Those records will fall under the Revolutionary War. Okay. So Fold 3 does have a lot of information, but I think you'll find the land records just where you would normally find them in the BLM, GLO. But in this region in New York, I, I would just really check the ancestry and those types. Okay. And you might want to look at indices first. Okay for the different counties. Wonderful. You've given me a lot to work with and I'm really excited. I expect this to be done by next week this time. <laughs> <laughs> my goal is Valentine's Day because it's my mother's birthday and I would love to give her an answer oh, wow. for her birthday. Oh, but fine. we'll see. Perfect. I think you can actually okay. do it. That's, that's very cool. Karen, thanks so much. We appreciate well, you coming you by. Both. This has been great. Karen, I just want to thank you for giving me a, a big jump. I mean, I love military and especially the War of 1812. So I really want to thank you for that. Normally you have a tidbit. You ha Do we have a tidbit? I did have a tidbit. Do we have anything? I would never thought I would ask for one. But here I am at the end of the show going, what, no camels? No, no camels, no, no nothing with Karen. Oh, well, then in that case, maybe I have one. <laughs> okay. Madison, New York in Madison, Wisconsin, are not close <laughs> to each other. No, they are not. However, they were named after the same person. And I'm going to look up who that was. 
because it seems like a really common name. John, cut it out. Who is it? I, I'm. Hang on. Let me get on Google. Wait a minute, John. You you already I, mentioned that Madison, New York, and Madison, Wisconsin was already mm-hmm. was named after the same person, and it was famous. Yeah. Well, who is it? It's James Madison, the president. Okay. <laughs> but okay, so here, okay, confession time. When when I got the paperwork on Karen. I read Madison, and I didn't think Madison, New York. I thought Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, no. So I researched Madison, Wisconsin. So I can tell you everything you need to know about Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, but then no. I did research on Madison, New York. <laughs> but the best tidbit that I could possibly come up with is that they're named after the same person. Well, that's a pretty good tidbit, John. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. And I'm sure there's Madisons in every state that are probably named after James. Either a town or a county, probably. Actually, I think mm-hmm. there's almost like at least a dozen counties that I can name that are well, named I know after there's Madison. Some, there's some bridges in at least one of those counties. You are I, funny. I know I read a book. You are too while funny. Clint <laughs> Eastwood did that, didn't he? Yeah. I, I read the book, uh, The Bridges, wasn't it? The Cover Bridges of Madison County or something like that? Or I think it was just The Bridges. The Bridges of County. Okay. That makes of sense. Madison County. It was a good book, by the way. Okay. So, let, okay. Let me ask you this. Okay. You mentioned, and this is more on topic. You mentioned, because you two professionals were talking to you and Karen, you said that she should check the BLMGLO. Yes. And for the rest of us, what is the BLMGLO? Well, the B stands for brand. No, okay, what? seriously. No, no, I'm kidding. So it stands for the Bureau of Land Management General General Land Office Records. And they're online and anyone can access these. Now they're not the original applications. I think I mentioned that. But what mm-hmm. you can do that you can't do through Ancestry, which has copies of the deeds, is you can compare it in clusters. And that's how we use it on a professional level. Mm, and what I, I mean see. by that is this way I can see, like, in my family, I realized that a Wiley Morris, who was my direct ancestor, and his brother were right next to each other, along with two other people. It always comes back to you, doesn't it? Everything. Everything. The entire <laughs> universe evolves based on where I am. Any other questions, mister? No, I think maybe uh, maybe the dog and I need to take cover. Well, congratulations. You've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for staying. Thanks to Karen Falls Trainer for spending some time with us. Thanks to Chewy Chewbacca Brandt, our part-time gaffer and full-time tree sniffer for his unwavering lack of interest in anything we're doing. The theme song for Hitting the Bricks was written and performed by Tony Fistknuckle and the Aphids. Look for them in your local dry cleaners. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast, so stop by our Facebook page at Hitting the Bricks and let us know.